This week on Fretzelmania, I run it back, all the way back, to April 1990 to review Wrestlemania 6 with my special guest, high school friend Travis Wood. We talk about the ups, the downs, the dizzying highs, the creamy middles, and the ultimate challenge of Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior, title versus title, from the Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Strap in, folks, because this is one hell of a ride. What's going on, peeps? Welcome to 60, I don't know what number of the Fretzelmania podcast. Uh, today, for one week only, well, not only, I'm doing another one of these in a couple of months, but <laughs> we're running it back. We're going all the way back to April of 1990 in the Sky Dome. Yes, the Sky Dome. Screw Rogers Place. It's always the Sky Dome for WrestleMania 6. And I'm joined by an old friend of mine who we reconnected with through another mutual friend who we're, we're going to talk about him during this show, but uh, Travis Wood, who I went to high school with. Uh, Travis is uh, quite a few years younger than me. He was a freshman when I was a senior, and his brother and I were in every gym class from like grade nine onwards, and <laughs> and, 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 and we connected through through music. Uh, Travis here is a, he's a musician, and Last time I remember him, uh, if you're okay, are you okay with me talking about that uh, TV show that was on? Oh, whatever Canada? you want, sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, well, Whose Army was on a Canadian, I don't know if you'd call it a reality show or if you'd call yeah, whatever it, it was a competition, but Travis, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Cheers. Welcome to the show. Yeah, cold beer. Um, yeah, like you said, we both grew up around... Uh, were you from Cannington, James? Originally? Yep, I, Where were you I from? I was from Cannington. Okay, well, Brother Tom lives there now. I was from Beaverton. And if anybody knows or doesn't know, that's about 10 minutes what north of uh, Cannington. Yep. Now and I that... live down, now I live uh, stateside in, in, in Nashville, Tennessee with my with my wife and two kids. I'm a songwriter in Nashville. And uh, yeah, and I had a short stint on a little series in Canada that when I was back in my uh, my band days, which is actually where I met my wife, funny enough, and that's so it all full circle. We're down here now with our with our two sons, and I'm a, I'm a, right now I'm in my office on on Music Row. Oh, that's that is very good. Yeah, we we have but a more mutual... important, but more importantly, James, I'm a big wrestling fan, which you know. So <laughs> yes, you go right ahead. And uh, we wanted to do a little retro show here. We're debating on what I've been what we talk about because lately um, on the show i've been reviewing uh 2002 smackdown and we had a group chat going with uh with ryan shout out to ryan i'll, I'll have you on soon bro don't worry we'll talk about some AEW. shout out ryan williams <laughs> oh big time uh because there was an AEW show last night that actually he just texted me about it when we got on the show here so <laughs> yeah uh, ryan i want to have you on but we got to get some some AEW shit going but you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the O2 stuff. And like, well, what do you want? And we landed on WrestleMania 6 because this is a movie that you rented from the 
Oh, well, it wasn't the hodgepodge or one of those little department stores. Wow, you have, you have a really good memory. It wasn't the hodgepodge. Um, it was across the street from the hodgepodge when I was a kid there. I lived right by it. It was called Club Video. Oh, yeah, I know that. Remember that? The, that was by the so, theater, too, right? <laughs> correct, which is right where my, my parents' house was when I grew up. But um, they had a great, uh, a pretty, I mean, a really great, gosh, uh, selection uh, of uh, of wrestling movies that I would go in there and, and rent uh, religiously. And this was the first one. And I, I, I must have been six. And I think, just a, really quickly, I saw... A really old, uh, this would have been 95 or something, James. This is what prompted me and Christian Westlake at the time to go and get this movie. Or probably it was my idea and, and he was, you know, over that day type of deal. But I saw a WCW Nitro and it was pre-Outsiders, pre-NWO. It was still red and yellow Hogan. He was there. I remember seeing him cuffed to the ring post. I remember just being a little kid and seeing that and being totally <laughs> i bought in immediately and i had my my eye on wrestling for a hot minute and when and i knew there was wrestling vhs's at that club videos so I, I marched down there and got to out of the clear blue sky i think i rented the first one i saw with Hulk Hogan on the cover probably so i we got wrestlemania 6 that day it was the first kind of thing i ever watched really other than that clip i saw of night i think it must have been a nitro yeah that, that sounds like a a, uh, yeah, you're talking into an encyclopedia here just a little bit. That would have been Nitro right at the start, 95. It must have been the Dungeon of Doom. Some of the Dungeon of Doom is on this friggin' show, and uh, it's, a, it's a belter. I, I probably know at least one person who was at WrestleMania 6, and uh, so we're running <laughs> forward to WrestleMania 18 that took place in Toronto, Hogan and Rock. Uh, I tried so hard to get tickets for that show, and... Uh, if you if you remember one of our gym teachers, Miss Savage. I don't know. Uh, she she was name. she was in the gym office. She was uh I think she's like Hall now, but she was in there with like Norris and Wright and all them, and she rubbed it in my face that she went to WrestleMania every time she saw me. So Oh, WrestleMania 18, you mean, of course. Eight, 18, yes. Right. I'm I was trying to get okay, now I got you. hundred percent, yeah. Okay. And we're gonna get into the show here, but Travis, beforehand, uh do you want to take a stab at what the number one movie was in April 1990? I'd like to do the pop culture bit every time, but if you could take a shot in the dark, what do you think that would be? This is a bad guess. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Dances with Wolves. Might be, I might be early for that. But. Not quite. I think you're, you're on the same. You're on the right track. It was in 1990. But it was, was the last last Mohicans. That's another guess. Okay. No, nope, no, nope, not quite. Uh, <laughs> Cowabunga dude. It was the Ninja Turtles first movie. Oh God. Yeah. T- total classic. And I might have my timing way off here, but I wrote down here that around this time, Super Mario Bros. 3 came out and that's, uh, that sounds right. That That's about one of my favorite games of all time. Now you, you watched some of this show. Did you get to watch all this show, Trav? Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched it. I watched it in pieces over the last week or so. Okay, perfect. So we're we're starting off here with uh, Robert Goulet was singing "Oh Canada" because, of course, we're we're in the Sky Dome here, and the classic, classic commentary team of Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura here. They don't get too much love because, I mean, Bobby Heenan has to be up there in terms of great commentating. But at, what do you think of Gorilla and Jesse? Good. 
Uh, it's great. I I prefer Gorilla and Bobby, but uh, I mean, yeah. I'm just, I mean, anytime I hear Gorilla Monsoon in general, you know, calling one of these old pay-per-views from this era, it's like just hearing it is nice. It's like waves crashing on the beach for me. But uh, I would have to say I do agree with you, and I prefer the Gorilla and Bobby team to uh, to the Gorilla and Jesse team. But it's all it's all pretty great for me. Yeah, Jesse would have been just coming off of his role in the hit movie of Braxis. <laughs> Don't look it up. <laughs> Believe me. All right. Watch OSW Review's version of it. Shout out to OSW. So to kick off the show here, we had Coco Beware, the Birdman, with his parrot Frankie. Going up against Quebec's own the model, Rick Martel. Yeah. And as soon as I saw those floating ring carts, mm-hmm. man, that and WrestleMania 3, they got to bring those yeah, back for they had a, WrestleMania 3 as well. Yeah. They got to bring those back for WrestleMania 38 in Dallas this year. Uh, our, our GM, King, King Ricky Rose, the head of WrestleLot Radio, what's up, dude, is going to that. So, hey, let me know if they do the ring carts, Ricky. Huh? Or doesn't doesn't James doesn't WWE do some uh, kind of like retro Raw now? They could do it for that almost. Don't they yeah. do like a like a like a throwback kind of thing where they go back to the red, white, and blue ropes and so forth? They could bring them back for that. Yeah, once once in a while there's like a retro Raw or like Raw. 15. Yeah, yeah. Like I've, next, I've seen that next year Raw is going to be thirty. Holy shit! Um, mm-hmm. They could break it out for that. So we have the ring carts. The arrogant spray by Martel and just the mullets on this show were on point, including Rick's poofy little one there. <laughs> uh, just coming off this heel heel turn the previous year uh, from Tito Santana, the Strike mm-hmm. Force. So we have a, a really decent short match here, but it's really just to put over the model. You have a couple of good hope spots with uh, Coco Beware. You had that that damn bird Frankie out with them. Like, geez, I wonder what kind of uh, like pet safety laws they'd be breaking these days, putting, putting these people in. P- Peter was all over. No wonder the W the world wildlife fund, like went into a lawsuit with the WWF. You had all these That's animals. Funny. It was a fucking zoo here. So Coco gets all the hope spots. Eventually Rick Martel counters a springboard, nothing into the Boston crab or the Quebec crab, if you will. And we have a good, Solid opener here with Rick getting all the heat. What do you think of this one? I thought I wrote down uh, Martel was a good worker. That's the first thing I wrote down. And then I remembered Strike Force as I was watching it. And I thought to myself, why wasn't it Martel and Tito at WrestleMania? I, but, I, but I guess they would have already maybe done that. I don't, I don't know. But uh, I was watching it thinking, why wouldn't they have done that matchup at WrestleMania? Cause those those guys, since Martel turned on Tito. Um, but yeah, Martel was, I thought Martel was good in this match. And so was Coco. Yeah, this was a solid one. I think Martel and uh, Tito had a blow-off match at SummerSlam 89. But there you go. There you you go. would have had some long-term booking. This is when WWE had four pay-per-views a year instead of... I know, you could you could book that for a year. That's what I mean. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's like what AEW does. They have like four or five pay- solid pay-per-views a year with a couple of decent things here. We're coming off Mania, which I'm glad that there is what been about a six-week build between Elimination Chamber and Mania. So there's no there's no roadblock or any of that BS. So but better than three weeks. Oh jeepers. Uh, Backstage, Mean Gene. Good lord, I miss Mean Gene with Mm -hmm. 
with Haku, who is number one on the do not fuck with list in, in yes. wrestlers, even today, even today, versus guy who's probably number two on that list, Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they call themselves here the Colossal Connection. They are the current WWE Tag Team Champions, having beaten Demolition just after SummerSlam. And I, I wrote down here, I totally missed this, but Mean Gene calls them the Colostomy Connection. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that either. Oh. I miss that. I love Mean Gene too. Mean Gene kind of is in that category of, you know, all the best parts of this area, Gorilla and Bobby and Andre. If he, you know, just seeing him, I just I just loved watching uh watching uh Mean Gene walk those guys through those promos. He was so great. And another guy that was great immediately after him, talking to the challengers was Sean Mooney, who I think he mm-hmm. resurfaced a couple of years ago in some retro <laughs> crap show. Yeah. And uh, coming up here for the tag titles, we have Demolition versus the Colostomy Connection, Haku and Andre. <laughs> this is Andre's last match in the Fed until he passed away a couple of years after this. We had. Yeah, it's his last televised match. Yeah, he, he did have some matches in Japan, like just weeks before his death, but they're, they're a rough watch. Uh, Rick Derringer banging out the Demolition theme here. Here comes the axe, here comes the smasher. Mwah, just perfect 80s cheesy rock right there for the win. I also I also loved Demolition's promo. I watched it and I thought, oh my God, that's great. Really good stuff, I thought, their promo. Yeah, they're just all the cocaine was just flow, <laughs> just flowing backstage here. And and even like I noticed every every demolition promo, at least when they were baby faced, you had you know, Axe was doing all the talking and he had Smasher just going like whoo. Every this making these making faces just being a stealing the show here. And we had the usual spot here, which happens in every Andre the Giant match, where he gets his arms tied up on the rope here after an errant super kick by Haku, some miscommunication spot here. Andre's still tied on the ropes while Demolition eventually gets the upper hand against uh against Haku, landing the demolition decapitation for the win to become the first time ever, three time. WWE tag team champions. And this isn't over because afterwards, Bobby Heenan uh slaps Andre right in the face. Uh no. Big old red flag right there. Andre slaps him back and then gets him gets him here. Uh, I, I noticed that I wrote down here that Bobby slapped him and he said, I'm the fucking boss to Andre, yeah. whose nickname Sheesh. was Boss. So you had mm-hmm. Bit of kayfabe in reality here. Haku tries to kick Andre, but Andre just chops him right down. And Andre's like, no, I'm taking this floating platform by myself. You're walking backstage. He gets the baby face, well, uh, baby face goodbye here. And say goodbye to Andre and hello to the heel demolition. This this was fun, man. What do you think there? I thought, uh, man, Andre looked rough. Andre did not look like the Andre of old. He looked like he was not in good health. He was barely in the match. But, uh, hey, he's Andre the Giant. And, uh, yeah, big baby face turn for Andre at the end. Um, was what it was. Yeah, he, he he joined in with some random baby faces here, like Bulldog and the Bushwhackers, to go up against, uh, actually, one person who is in this next match. We have Canada's own Earthquake against the mighty hercules and the more i go through this show is the more i realize how many dead folks 
are on this show. Both of these guys, and I think the referee was uh, Gorilla's Kid, and he died in a tragic accident not long after this. Oh, I didn't know that. Really, that was Gorilla's Kid in, in the in that match, the ref, huh? Yeah, I th- there's like a young man that looks a bit like Shane McMahon. That that would have been Joey Morella. He had a crash in like '94. Wow. And we had uh, yeah, Van- uh, Vancouver is where John Tenta was from. He was a sumo legend in Japan before making making a splash in the federation here. And he looks like an old man because of his bald spot. He's not even 30 here. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. He looks 40 for sure. Hey, well that he, I think that's about when he died. He died at about 40, not long after that, but we had, he had a spot here. Earthquakes of sumo. He's a Yokozuna. That's a bit of foreshadowing for mm-hmm. someone, someone else down the line, even when he mm-hmm. wrestled Yokozuna in a sumo match. Yeah. Yeah. Hercules uh, tries to land his patented back suplex onto onto the quake, but that's a big no. Power slam, elbow, Richter scale. That's it for a quick squash match for Earthquake here in the literal sense. Of course, Earthquake, we we can't uh, go without mentioning the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, just managing everyone on this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jimmy's in there. And I thought Earthquake, Earthquake's a good worker. This match... I mean, God, this is a long card. There are so many fucking matches on this card. This is one, uh, you know, I can do without when I'm watching when I'm trying to watch this one, this this WrestleMania back. But again, was what it was, and uh, yeah, cool to see. It's funny to hear that Earthquake was 29. Did you say? I can't even believe it. I think I think he was he was at the oldest. He would have been maybe 31, but he had to That's be in unbelievable. His he had to be in his late twenties at this yeah. apparent, apparently, but I, I didn't write a lot here. Back, we had a little backstage interview with Miss Elizabeth and uh, some television person. I forgot to write down here, and uh, it's noted here that Miss Liz was not with the Macho King at this mm-hmm. point in time, as they had a a falling out on TV. But uh, we're moving straight into another match. Like I got like three lines here and there are three matches so they're all pretty quick stuff here yeah. brutus brutus beefcake with no brutus beefcake versus mr perfect who had been on a winning streak at this point in yes. time with the genius and we had a whip to the post and beefer wins and yeah perfect had been going on about a two-year two-year winning streak and of all people that have have to break it <laughs> Of all people, of all people, like no, no offense to Beefer. I've I've met Beefer and the Genius actually, both fantastic people. But ho- really, <laughs> you couldn't have held that off until a year and a half when you lost the t- the Intercontinental to Brett. Yeah, I don't like seeing Beefcake beat Perfect. I'm sorry, but yeah. Well, at least he didn't put him to sleep. It was like some kind of <laughs> yeah. d- dusty finish. He he tried to cut the Genius's hair, uh-huh. and. Yeah, and and just for those of you who want to know, uh, I did get a picture of Brutus with the giant scissors, but it's literally a giant pair of hedge trimmers that he like taped up from the friggin' hardware store. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't trust him to run with those scissors. Next up here, oh, this is this is awkward. We have a couple of uh, Russian sympathizers. Singing the Soviet national anthem, um, no comment, given the current situation we're in, because I want to live. And we have the hearts coming for uh, Canadian homecoming here. As soon as the Soviet anthem is being sung, 
heart attack on Boris Zukov, boom, that's it. Heart Foundation, send the Canadians home happy just a little bit. But do you have a favorite Heart Foundation match? Oh, God. You can I mean, I mean definitely, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, the list goes on when you get to Brett on his own, for sure. But definitely not this one. It's kind of a waste. I mean, you got you got 14, 15, whatever matches on this card. And Brett, <laughs> Brett Hart's in the ring. He's Canadian. He's in Canada. He gets what? 10, what is it? Five seconds, 10 seconds. How long is the match, James? If it, it's probably it's 15 seconds at most with. I would have I would have loved to have seen them have a, a real match and, and and maybe against some different opponents. Give me give me the Hart Foundation and the Rockers. How about? I mean hindsight's hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, you know. But uh, would have loved to have seen Hart Foundation and Rockers at WrestleMania six. That that would have been my my uh, Monday morning quarterback booking, and I would have taken one match off the card that way too, which would have been nice, but. <laughs> Take out the Orient Express and put in the Rockers. I yeah, maybe. I, I, I like the way you think here. And uh, <laughs> speaking of Tito Santana from earlier, he's going up against uh-huh. the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. And match. he says uh, he says he's going to keep an eye on the Weasel. Keenan is still kind of flustered from his encounter with Andre because you're getting slapped with hands the size of someone's head of course i love i love watching bobby kind of weave through the whole show i love that i love that that was kind of a uh, uh, always a key component to these pay-per-views back then was was bobby had uh more than one appearance always i just loved that so i love seeing him come back here yeah this is some some of his best work along with uh, royal rumble mm-hmm. 1992 it, this is not mm-hmm. fair to flair and then he wins <laughs> and he just goes ballistic. <laughs> he was so good. And uh Chico Santana, as uh yeah. as, as one Jesse the Body Ventura would call him, says that you know, this music reminds me of the blue note club in Tijuana. And Gorilla <laughs> Gorilla chimes in. Oh, did you pick up with something there, Jesse? Yeah, Juanita, uh Esmeralda, just like oh, okay, okay, dude. PG show, let's go. <laughs> Uh, will you yeah. be serious? That's that's the only thing we are missing here. Will from, you be from, serious, from Bobby? But you have the Jesse, running. Jesse's uh, riffing as usual. Uh, he that was something he was really good at, and yes, yeah. T- Tito with the running crossbody or the flying forearm, and uh, Barbarian just getting all these outpowering spots. And it's it's noted here that he's in his powers of pain makeup. The war the warlord is nowhere to be found on this show, and. The powers of pain aren't really a thing at this point in time, I don't think. So it was it was a little a little daunting. And you had that big old boot of fear by by the barbarian, the flying forearm, and Bobby sneaky little prick just putting his uh, barbarian's foot on the ropes. Nope, foot on the rope here. Let's go. He's he's good. Then you get the flying lariat by the barbarian, and Tito puts over the big man. It's just another match on the card. What do you think, mm-hmm. dude? I think you said it pretty well right there. Just another match on the card. Um, yeah, I love seeing Bobby out there, and these guys are fine. It's just it's just a lot of matches, and I guess it's that's kind of a you know a trademark of this era. There was especially WrestleManias. There was a lot of matches on these old WrestleManias, but uh, was what it was. Yeah, I guess you got to get everybody a pay. Yeah, that's that's that shows. definitely seemed to be the thinking back then. Absolutely. We have, uh, for the first time ever, 
a mixed tag match at WrestleMania. This is a WWE mm-hmm. first. This hasn't been done really in the past. We had Dusty and Sapphire, Dusty Road, Bebe, and uh, the Macho King and his Queen Sherry. Yeah, Bonesaw. <laughs> Flashback to the Royal Rumble where Tony Schiavone is on commentary. Big old full, full circle moment. Nate, take yeah. a shot. Shout out to Nate. And we have the American Dream theme, the polka dots that uh, a lot of people have uh, issue with when it comes to Dusty Rhodes, especially after I reviewed uh, Rhodes versus Flair. Yeah, the hot times, baby. We have mm-hmm. Dusty is out there with the Sapphire. Like all, first off, all four of these people no longer with us. Just, just tragedy. Mm-hmm. You have the American Dream theme and Dusty Rhodes. The, the ladies and gentlemen, and the crown jewel if you will, of the WWF. Miss Elizabeth Bebe. So Miss Liz comes out to the Pomp and Circumstance <laughs> theme. Weird. And Randy, of course, is pissed. Here we have Sapphire slapping Randy. You have Sapphire. Wait a minute. You, you, think, you, you think it was weird that Elizabeth came out to, to Randy's music? Is that what was weird? Well, given the fact that they weren't a, a pair on TV. Right. No, I'm just confirming that's what you meant. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Was it? Well, well, you had half the roster on here didn't have entrance entrance music like the Barbarian, yeah. like Mister uh-huh. like Mister Perfect, mm-hmm. and yeah, kind of kind of daunting, but you know it's it, it is what it is. Uh, Sapphire, I didn't know that she could land a suplex because Sherry <laughs> Martel here is a classic women's wrestler. Like if you ever watched some of her stuff with Rock and Robin, she's a damn good worker, and she kind of shined up sapphire here uh pun intended we have miss mm-hmm. liz whipping sherry we have uh a whole schmoz this this is what all these tag team matches were back in the day this might as well have been a survivor series match big old schmoz big old thing here but uh the american dream team wins this mixed tag match thanks to a little bit of help from miss liz uh his, a historic match what do you think bro um yeah i mean the first thing I thought looking back at this, I hadn't watched this in a long time. Um, I'd watched it since I was five or six, but I hadn't watched it in a long time, this whole show. Um, Randy as Macho King was better than I remembered. I always kind of felt like, oh, well, when when Randy was, you know, uh, in those WrestleMania three, four, and five years, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and then afterward, um, Kind of always preferred that, but Macho King, I don't know. It was he, he, he made it. He made it something, man. It was good, and uh, him with Sherry was good. Um, yeah, Sapphire, not a great worker. You know, mixed tag matches. You know, they're kind of they're kind of a spectacle more than they are um, um, there to sit and, and really watch the, the wrestling. So it was what it was. But uh, but yeah, and Dusty with the polka dots. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, there's like all those promos they air with Dusty being the everyman, being a puma, yeah. puma cracking out of the bottom, baby. Just yeah. turning him into something, and then they turned his uh, his son into uh, something incredibly weird. And that's both uh-huh. gold dust and stardust. Like, ugh. I uh, know, and I guess it's probably been long thought that the polka dots were a, were a rib, but 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 uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Story seems to be that it wasn't from all from all accounts, but who knows? No, I I don't know anything. Uh, I I I've, I've heard both sides of that as as well. Here yeah. but we have a whole whack of interviews. Now we have 
The Heenan family members seem to be uh, falling like the Berlin Wall. That was very timely for 1990. And uh, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Mean Gene here says that you said you're tougher to get along than a mother-in-law visiting my house on weekends. Geez, tell us how you really feel, Gene. <laughs> and we have uh, he's he says to about Andre. It takes two hours for blood to reach his brain. And it says, if you listen to me, yeah, go to the top of the mid card and because he's going to have some new members of the family. And I, I can think of someone who would be a perfect fit for the Heenan family, but that's a little bit down the line. We have monsoon and Ventura with uh, Rona. I didn't get her name. And she says here that uh, she has some dirt on Jesse, the body. And it's like about a movie he was in. Oh, was it predator? Or was it Abraxas? Was it Major League Two? It's like, no, it's a one of the <clears throat> adult variety. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Google, he did not. And uh, it, was ju- it was just for the yucks. And, and Monster was like, yeah, roll the footage. footage. Uh, you want to see your friend do it? No, no, dude, that uh, says a little bit. Anyways, uh, Sean Mooney and the Macho King, they're all pissed off here. Sherry just... Her screams are so shrill that you know I just had to turn down the TV just a little bit. And Macho like, "No cream rises to the top." Yeah, something. I'm the king, Dusty. Mind games are my thing. Yeah, that really hurts my throat. (laughs) Uh, Mean Gene and Demolition, and uh, they're basically saying, "Heart Foundation, bring it on. Let's go." And we're going on to SummerSlam 1990 when we would have. A third member of Demolition. Do you remember who that was, Trav? Didn't. Uh, oh, God, who joined Demolition? God, remind me, James. The Warrior Crush. Team joined Crush. Oh, Crush, of course. Crush before he was Hawaiian Crush. Thank you. Yeah. And I loved and- watching these. I loved watching this, these string of uh, interviews and promos. The uh, Jesse the Body sex tape thing was kind of cringy and just to fill time, it seemed like. But I liked watching some of these interviews more than some of the matches, if I'm honest, while I, you know, while I watched the show, while I watched the show back. Um, but yeah, Crush, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could have gone without some of these matches as well here. Then we finally mm-hmm. get to the ultimate interview here and uh, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Hulkamania is running wild. You know, you know something, Mean Gene, uh, Warrior, these are my people, this in the hand this is where the power lies this is a great promo and then the classic warrior... classic hulk Hogan promo and then the warrior cuts one and <laughs> it's classic <laughs> ultimate warrior promo too <laughs> classic cocaine like as contentious as both of these people are like well, warriors been dead for a long time but as contentious and mm-hmm. unlikable as some of these people were irl at times in their life you, you can't deny th- these promos were gold and, and warrior just uh you know i must ask you now and then i just wrote he talked nonsense yeah he does like and uh well, who was it there, there was a dvd by the wwe that was about the warrior and uh christian mm-hmm. of edge and christian he he knows this promo from heart and uh God love him. Give him credit. Like I, I can't remember a single thing that Ultimate Warrior has uh, has ever said. But we have here speaking of the Orient Express versus the Rockers. Gong, P- 
potentially racist music plays here with two Japanese guys, <laughs> by which I mean one Japanese guy in Saito, uh, Hawaiian, that being Tanaka, and Mr. Fuji, who is also Hawaiian. <laughs> and then and then when Saito leaves the company and is replaced with somebody else for the Orient Express, it's two Americans. I I don't get it, but we finally get to see some old school pre-HBK HBK, and Michael's just mm-hmm. one of the greatest workers of all time. And you can see a little little glimpse of of the heartbreak kid in this with all this high flying action. We see a double drop kick, a double backflip. Some wicked double team maneuvers here. Mr. Fuji, of course, hits Marty. I think he was going for the the classic Fuji salt in the ice trick. And uh, Marty is just falling all over the place here and loses by count out because of the salt. It The ending pissed me off, but you had, you give these guys about five, 10 more minutes and you would have had a match of the night because the, these four here are all just, dynamite workers especially michaels yep it's a bad finish definitely fun to watch uh heartbreak in there but would rather see him go up against heart foundation i don't know too many matches you know the match was just match wasn't great by any means but it is fun to to watch sean and miss and rockers were a great tag team yeah, we'd uh, we would see the the Heart Foundation and the Rockers uh, much later in 1990, and it would have a very controversial finish where the Rockers won in parentheses the tag team titles, and the titles were held up and then sent back to the the Heart Foundation. But the match was good, and it was the first time you ever saw Brett and Sean in the ring. And if you know their history, it's uh, very fascinating because I'm I'm. Of course, being Canadian, like Owen Hart is my number one favorite wrestler of all time, followed very, very, very closely by Brett. So there is sometimes <laughs> HBK is a little bit contentious for me. I know, I know he found God, like I'm a Christian too, and it's admirable, but there was just some things about him that bugged me just a little bit, including his backstage antics, but most talented guy maybe I've ever seen other than Kurt Angle. What's not so talented? Oh, you would put you would, you would put Kurt above above uh, above Sean. I just might well given Kurt's amateur background. In sure. my mind, that 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 for pure wrestling, yes, that. But sure. working, working like you know, you have the psychology working, working the crowd, like baby face, heel heat, all that. That'll go. To, that'll go to Sean. But for p- yeah. a pure wrestling standpoint, I think he got. Angle, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, like those kind of guys. Sure. I know Kurt's well known for how quickly he picked it up too. Yeah, I'm 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 just at the point where he got his head shaved and he is just cranking it up to eleven yeah. at that point. Yeah. He's he's really turning turning the knife here. And so I wasn't that- I I wasn't uh not to not to uh stray too far from WrestleMania six here, but I wasn't uh as as into the the product then but i am i do know that uh that kurt had quite a run there um uh in the early 2000s and so forth but yeah just that's funny that you put him on that same plane as sean i guess probably some probably a lot of people do i guess right but uh those two on the same uh same page absolutely 
Next up, we had Rhythm and Blues to Steve Allen. That was a thing. Who's Steve Allen? Ask your parents, kids. Uh, He's the I, original host of It's a Night Show, I believe. Johnny Carson? Or No, he, he hosted it before Johnny Carson, in fact. Oh, wow. Okay, that's... Yeah. For a short stint, I think there was one other guy, too. Look it up, James. I'm, I'm pretty... I'm almost certain. What's up? Okay, there we go. Well, while we get the Google machine out here, we have Steve here. He, he's just vamping. He's just cutting rhythm and blues apart here, uh, making all the Elvis and Fat Elvis jokes to Greg the Hammer Valentine and and the Honky Tonk Man here. And there's a bit here where they're going to be driven to the ring by a man who is going to be debuting in WCW in a couple of years, a guy you probably would have saw on that Nitro. But Steve was vamping, and he says, you remind me of Elvis. Costello and just that that lost me that I got that one if he made it like if he made like a you remind me of Elvis Stoico I would have lost my shit that would have been hilarious and it was early for Stoico oh yeah he he wouldn't have been <laughs> he wouldn't have like 1990 because the yeah the yeah. Lillehammer Olympics were 92 he might have just been catching his stride there but so yeah. so Steve Allen hosted the Tonight Show from 1954 to 1957 he is the original host. Oh. And then uh, a guy called Jack Parr hosted it for a number of years. Look, looks like about five years. Okay. And then, and then Carson got it in 62 and, and basically hosted it for about 30 years. But, uh, but Steve Allen was the original Tonight Show host. So there you go. Oh, perfect. We learned something new on the show. Thanks for the, for the Googling. That's much appreciated. We have... Dino Bravo, Canada's strongest man, going up against Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who, despite coming out with a U.S. flag and a two by four, he still got a pop. <laughs> yeah. No offense, I, you're you're down in the states now. No offense, but I don't get it. <laughs> oh, I'm Canadian. I I, yeah. I know you're you're Canadian at heart. Did you marry? Is, is your wife American or? No, my wife's Canadian as well. We moved down here together when we were uh, when we were still dating. Oh, very nice. So there, so, there, so there you go. And I actually met Hacksaw at a Nashville Predators game. God, it must have been in 2015. I was making trips down here at that point. I was still living um, up north in Canada. And I, I remember I stood in line and met him. I have a great line he, I heard him throw out. So I was waiting in line just for the hell of it to get a picture with him with my friend. We thought it would be fun to get a picture with Hacksaw. And there he was. We probably stood in line for 20 minutes. This is uh, in between the first and second period the Preds were playing. And uh, he's signing pictures and he's selling two by fours. And the guy ahead of me, you know, Axel's probably done a, you know, a couple hours of this already. But uh, the guy ahead of me gets gets there with Hacksaw and gets the picture and he goes, can I get a hoe? And Hacksaw's hoeing the whole time, James. It's all, yeah. oh, he's, he's probably, I've probably heard him do 40 of them, you know. And he asks him for a hoe. And I'm, I'm next in line. And I hear Hacksaw say to this guy, they're posing for the picture. Because I'm around him. And he goes, I'm about hoed out, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. And he didn't hoe. And I went up there next. And I didn't ask for a hoe. Just took a quick picture with him. And, and that was that. But it was a great line. That me and my friends then used for years. We reappropriated it and made it whenever we were like just burnt out during a writing session or just hanging out. We'd say, oh, I'm about hold out. <laughs> I'm about hold out. 
that could be taken horribly out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was a great line from Hex. It was very funny. And really, I, I was the only one who kind of heard him say it. I feel like it was great. It was a great line, though. Uh, God love him. He's he's coming off yeah. of, uh, I think, another round of, of cancer treatments or something, or he's in remission again. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. But he, he had he had it all in like 99, 2000. And then he went for another, he had a few runs at chemo and then he had a comeback in wrestling. He was in the Fed in like 06, 07, 08, around then. He, he had a brief run back a- around that point in time and then retired. What are, you, are you saying that Hacksaw came back in the late 2000s to, the, to, w, to WWE? Yes, sir. And worked in the ring? Worked in the, he, he mostly like did Sunday night heat. He did like B shows and he, he would put over some new talent. He, but he, he got in there. the ring and wrestled? Yeah. He wrestled oh, wow. like, a, I think he maybe even wrestled as, as recent as five years ago. Well, this year at WrestleMania 6, he's still kind of, you know, in his in his his heyday, I would say, right? He's over his rover. He, he's and, over his uh, rover. Even, get, even trying to get USA Chance in Canada, and they're getting a couple of boos. But Dino Bravo, despite being the Canadian in this match... Yeah, is getting Duggan was too over. He, he's getting all the heat. D- Duggan was way too over here, and it was. But this is classic hacksaw booking. He gets a two by four shot, and it's a big old schmoz. Earthquake jumps mm-hmm. him, and there's a brawl to the back. Like a lot of Duggan matches on pay per view, at least n- almost never had a clean finish. At least in the Fed, when he had like the U.S. title run in 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 Nitro, he would he would get a good clean finish but yeah this was this was classic hacksaw and have you have you seen the uh the series the dark side of the ring travis i follow it on instagram and i and i uh was was keen to watch it when it came out but i never got around to it um but they've done a few topics that i'd love to watch um you know owen and so forth but uh did they do one on hexa no they did one on dino actually uh, oh of course yeah i know there was I, I saw some of that just peripherally on Instagram. He's like involved in some kind of mob shit. Is that what it was, James? I think it was like some like cigarette smuggling in Quebec. And oh, I he was it, selling cigarettes somewhere where he shouldn't have been, right? And then, and then he just got murdered right in right in his chair at his in his home because he was because he was kind of infringing on some black market that already existed. Is that right? It, yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's kind of like uh, kind of what it, it, it's a it's a rough watch. Like Owens was. Oh, I mean, I I don't know if you know this name, but I was over at uh, Dave Kostick's house. He he'd be oh. a guy about my age. He he he. Tom would know him. We were that's yeah. what we were watching that night that Owen died, like that pay per view. Oh, you watched? You were watching it live? I was watching Over the Edge live. Yeah, and really, really and? awkward. Yeah, awkward. I guess as soon as they announced it, it was like cause we we were like booing him the night. He's, he's going against the Godfather. He has the hose, and yeah. mind you, mind you. Almost TMI. Uh, I was fresh off of puberty. <laughs> that show was a thing. So that's yeah. That's, Godfather was Godfather was really over for you. But uh, uh, but my but my real question, I guess, is like, um, and, and maybe I already know the answer. But what did you actually see? Not to be you know crude, but like not to be um, nothing. Not to be yeah. You didn't, what did you, what what happened? Well, there was they were airing the. They were airing the video package, which was playing on the Titan Tron in the arena and on the TVs at home. And it was just and that's when he fell. 
it, he fell in that because it was just just but you don't see the fall because no, basically no, 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 no. basically only the live audience saw that fall there is only one person that has live footage of that yeah and that is vince mcmahon and that is locked in a vault never yeah. to be duplicated or viewed or yeah even why, why 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 you know i mean I mean, setting aside whatever legal things that it may may stir up. I mean, who wants to see it anyway? Honestly, it, but yeah, this, this, I, I wouldn't because it because I'd spent the night booing Owen Hart. Like I I love I use the guy I love to hate, and then he's a guy that posthumously became my favorite due to like his, his work. Sure. His if if you want to burn an afternoon, just put on YouTube and put Owen Hart ribs and just mm-hmm. crack open one, and you'll you'll laugh for days yeah and, he was he was he was he was always ripping people i know yeah there there is which a is rip- surprising which is almost surprising because i know he took the the wrestling business quite um um serious it seems like too by all accounts but he did i keep yeah and th- this was stricken right off of the network or you probably have peacock down there i'm sorry and i know it's totally worse it's I had a VPN for a brief period of time just to test it out. And oh my gosh. But this was cut from the network. Compl- I don't know where it was in here, but it just came to my mind when I heard the word rib. I'm like, oh, Andre p- played a rib on this guy. Roddy Piper and Bad News Brown. And Roddy, Roddy Piper, who yeah. this does not age well. Do you, do you know where I'm going here? What he did? Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Half doesn't, doesn't, hold, doesn't hold up well. New, well, half painted black, and he was like cutting the thing where you see his side view, and he's kind of doing like a tooth, like a Harvey Dent kind of deal here. But it was mm-hmm. uh, pr- racist, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> it was racist. Yeah, and, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't be able to do that now. And and even even then, it was not a high point of the show. It was, it was. I mean, I listen. The best Roddy moments are 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 great this is not one of them not a great match not a great not a great uh the whole thing not a great presentation no but you I mean, truly it's truly it's just not a great match even setting aside the 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 uh the, the theatrics of it with the with the ridiculous with the ridiculous fucking blackface and everything i mean just not a great not a great uh just another kind of match on the fucking card honestly but anyway it was a brawl to the back but yeah. You want to know something? There is something actually kind of funny about this. Bear with, bear with me now. So the there was supposed to be some kind of solution to uh, get this uh, paint off because it, it was paint. It wasn't just like the the old crayons we used to paint our face with for our friggin' kindergarten Halloween costumes. This was straight up paint, and there was like oil based paint or something, and. There was either a solution for it or something, and uh, Andre just like he 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 hit it, he gave it away, or he did something with it. So Piper had to go through customs, had to go through the airport, had to go through everywhere with half of that. <laughs> it, it was just Andre just being a prick. Like if Andre didn't like you, he would well actually if he didn't like you, he would sit on you during his match. But if he loved you, he would play ribs on you that's just yikes <laughs> yeah that would have been quite a quite a sight at the uh airport i guess but... 
<laughs> Pearson Airport would have been buzzing. And if you want to get me buzzing, get Jake the Snake. Because he Yeah. Here we go. Now here's here's something great. Here's a here's a great moment. He'll come in here and he'll yeah. cut his very <laughs> quiet yet intense promo. And he can say so much, so, so much with his silence. I'm not going to even attempt to do that. Jake, God, God love him. Jake is still, he's not wrestling. I mean, he's on AEW uh, just managing today. He's just raspy. Oh, is he really? I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Old raspy vet. He's got like COPD or something, but he can uh, just, so, he sounds what's, like. Vince, what's COPD? Uh, so, oh, something with the lungs. Like I, I, I don't know okay. exactly what the full version of it is but it, it's it's a well lot. man this this fucking promo this is i mean maybe his best promo and he's yeah. had a, he had a lot of really good ones this might be the 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 one like it is really good i love it and by the way you mentioned vince just really quickly we didn't talk about <laughs> the the great the classic uh opening of the show with vince Doing his, doing his, you know, Vintius. his rest, his WrestleMania intros he used to do over those, over those images of of um, of Hulk and Warrior in the fucking in like space, like in the stars and shit. That was great too. I mean, that's so. Looking back, I mean, not to double back to that too long, but that was it's cheesy, of course. <laughs> Look in retrospect, but boy, I loved, I loved. I loved watching that too. Again, more than some of these matches on this card. That was a great thing to look back on too. Just Vince doing those that crazy intense uh, <laughs> introduction to the Warrior versus Warrior. Title versus. I'm not going to try and do it, but I loved it. It's no wonder he, he he's on TV. To, he's 76 years old. He's yeah. still on TV. Like he's mentoring this young kid named Austin. Like Raw's going on as we speak. Like I don't have it. I have the Leaf game over here to my right. And last time I checked, they beat Columbus 5-4 after losing a 3 nothing lead. Thank God. And is it, the man sounds a little bit like that. You can't understand a fuck. Anyways here, just classic Vince, even with Royal Rumble, like the Repo Man, Sid Justice, Ric Flair. Ugh. I love it. I love it. That was one of the high points of the show. Just the intro. I loved it. I love hearing him do that crazy introduction. Uh, I should I should have written this one down because it, it it was epic. I, I I rented this also. Uh, in Cannington, do you know where the wrestling tapes were? Home hardware. No, I, Home, sorry, oh, I didn't know that. No. Home hardware. No. <laughs> you could rent wrestling and porn at Home Hardware. I'm not joking. Yeah, they had, they had a behind the curtain porn section in Club Video, and if you were if you were savvy enough, you could catch a glimpse through the curtain as you walked as you walked by. But that was about it. You had to have some colossal balls to, as an eight-year-old, to march in there and just start perusing the porn. But it was in there, oh. and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I didn't know that. That's great. That's fantastic. We're getting here, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes, yeah, what a great promo! I love it. So good. Like you go through Damien, you're humble, talking about money because he's going up against the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and for some reason. The million dollar championship is on the line, even though at this point it's not recognized as a 
a title that's defended, even though there are some people like Virgil and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ted DiBiase Jr. that would hold this title. And you have, first off, two of the best entrance themes ever in WWE history right here with like Jake the Snake's cool theme and the <laughs> money, money, money. And yeah, this I, is a high point in the whole show. I love this. I love this whole match. It, it's It's great. And I love... Ted DiBiase, the million dollar pastor here, literally, is making his spring residence in Palm Is he Beach. a pastor now? He's been a pastor for several, he was a, I think he was ministering here. Like he's been a Christian a long time. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the million dollar. There you go. His, his kids were in some legal trouble recently, I think. But you have Ted here. I love every, every show I watch with Ted. I keep an ear open for making his spring residence in Palm Beach, California. Also the Fink, just best ring announcer ever. Yeah. And uh, and, by uh, the way, by the way, they showed Howard as the Fink. Yes. On this show. Yes. That might have been one of the first times they were calling him the Fink. Howard Finkel. He was always Howard Finkel, wasn't he? Was he the Fink before this? He, it's just like the, the, it's just like a nickname in in there. Just the, I know, in, but in they never, but they wrote, but they wrote it on the screen this time. Just the think. Oh, yeah. I, I just I noticed that maybe maybe they had done that, done that before, but I, I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if that's. I remember there was older shows where it would be Howard Finkel, or they wouldn't they wouldn't put his name on the screen at all, and so forth. But this time it was the think. They put it on the screen anyway. Yeah. And we had a good match here. Uh, Jake the Snake uh, yeah. putting in a flying hammerlock here and screaming, say you will, you know, saying that you will give up, you will tap out. Jake And how a- over and how over was the DDT, James? Oh my god. How he, over was the fucking DDT? DD chance everywhere, and now DDT was oh, everywhere, dude. Oh yeah. It used to be such a good oh man, I'm just that pisses me off. DDT He had the most over special. finisher in the whole fucking company. I mean who that was the most over finisher, the DDT. Until the stunner. Yeah. But at this time, but at this time, I mean, I can't think of, I mean, they didn't chant for the leg drop. They would chant for the DDT. I mean, it was fucking so over. And you you must land it at least here. And the crowd here is rallying for Jake. They're doing the wave. And it's a packed house here. I mean, this looks like a full house at a Blue Jays game for Jose Bautista doing the bat flip. Just iconic moments here. You have Ted uh, open the beer there. Cheers. Having the pile driver doing the cocky cover, the million dollar dream, the foot on the ropes. Jake is rallying here. The DD chance. You see the short lariat. And when you see the short clothesline, you know the DDT is coming. He does. He's <laughs> yeah. signaling for the DDT. And He's been doing the short clothesline on freaking dynamite. And I'm just waiting for Jake at 60 God, whatever years old to land a DDT, but he's in, been in poor health. He had Virgil getting body slammed up the ring. Uh, you have the million dollar dream on the outside of the, of the ring and a count out win for Ted. But then Jake starts throwing the money around and I, I caught a glimpse here. Mary Tyler Moore was at ringside, and I think she caught a couple of those dollar dollar bills, y'all. And because this title isn't <laughs> sanctioned, I think Jake wins by count out or something. But highlight of the show, you say. But yeah, 
You got, you have some stuff. Well, one of the, one, one of them, I mean, one of them, I mean, I, I just both, both kind of like, um, you know, top tier guys of this era. I love Jake and I love Ted DiBiase, both great workers. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know why there wasn't a proper finish. I don't know what that was, but, um, and there was also that I wrote down here, there was a spot in the match where, did you see the spot where Jake kind of landed on, landed on his head? He went into the turnbuckle and he, and he kind of came out awkward and he, he landed, he kind of landed right on his, right on his head. It was kind of a weird bump. Um, but obviously he was fine, but it, it was actually quite, quite, quite ugly. Yeah. Well, concut we, we didn't know anything about concussions back then. So he could have had one in, in this, <laughs> in this thing here, but you have, he gets the DDT eventually, I think on Virgil and you send the crowd home happy. We're, Banging on right into another match here. <laughs> Akeem, the white African dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From deepest, darkest Africa, t- tone deaf. I think I've seen the one-man gang in person somewhere. Like, I've been to a couple of comic cons. I've met, like, uh, Ric Flair. Uh, you want to hear, like, 82 woos, go meet Ric Flair. I, I would love to meet Ric Flair. I, I didn't make him woo because I'm mean, just like, I got starstruck and I got quiet. I'm just like, it's an honor, Mr. Flair. Thank you. But just like that. <laughs> and then like afterwards, I'm like, I should have said this. I should have said this. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> it, it, it's like when I, it's like when I meet up, when I, when I see a cute girl, I'm like, I should have said that. Anyways, we had the big boss, <laughs> the big boss man here and Akeem, the, the former Twin Towers going up against each other uh, these two right. were a tag team going up against yeah. the rockers one year previously mm-hmm. and now keen's about to serve some hard time and the year before that he was he was one man gang at uh at uh wrestlemania 4 wasn't he yep wasn't again he in the tournament there he was, he was in the tournament against uh, macho man so one right. man gang so, akeem uh whatever you want to call him here at least yeah. we got to hear jive soul bro i love that theme okay <laughs> right with with us uh, with slick yeah. you have ted dibiase comes back into this he jumps the big boss man but they managed to get him out and uh impressively boss man slam on this rather big lad it was short it was to the point and afterwards we had mary tyler moore calling professional wrestling athletic theater rhythm and blues are now driven to that we're going on to the next little bit here uh, rhythm and blues driven to the ring in a cadillac by diamond dallas page yeah that's funny huh that's uh ironic because you know the next time wrestlemania was in toronto mm-hmm. ddp the european champion was yeah was wrestling the show <laughs> with his new with his veneers at that point didn't he have his <laughs> oh geez yeah the, the big <laughs> shiny big teeth. white fucking teeth like that's why not- why why couldn't what was it? Why didn't Dallas get over in WWE? I remember watching at that time or uh, on the verge of stopping watching, but when WCW came into W like fully, you know, you know, over the course of that couple of years, everyone kind of trickled in. Mm-hmm. And why I remember wondering because Dallas was so was such a big part of WCW, even you know, when they were still, you know, uh, watchable why wasn't he able to get over in WWE not to go on too far of a tangent away from WrestleMania six here, but it was like, it was almost like his character. There must've been some disconnect between 
what Dallas was in WCW and what Vince saw that as. Like they'd never, they never served up Dallas the way Dallas was in WCW in WWE. It was never like that, was it? No. Well, the way they debuted him just killed him immediately. It was right right after WCW closed the doors. uh, You had, you had DDP playing this uh, dude in a mask that was stalking the Undertaker's then life. Right, right, And as soon as he, well, as soon as he unmasked himself to do the, that, and then he lost to not only Undertaker and Kane on several occasions, but Sarah, the the then wife of the Undertaker, not Michelle McCool, uh, pinned him in a match. (laughs) And then it was that, that that sex pest that that pervert gimmick just killed him even though when he tried doing like the tony robbins the the positively positively paid was awesome like i don't care what anyone says i love the that's not a bad thing that's a good thing shit eating grin yeah yeah Yeah. helping christian with his freaking tantrum problems and i'm i'm great at his tail end but the real yeah no i you know everything you're saying is right i think but i'm just saying the realism the, the the like the like real life character thing of like Diamond Dallas Page and WCW did not translate whatsoever into WWE. I have to imagine that Vince just went, nah, I don't get it. We got to give him something. And they gave him that. Like you said, I remember that Tony Robbins kind of fucking thing. And I remember just thinking like, oh, I thought maybe he'd be a big star over here. But, you know, well, never he never was. He never, he, like you said, Europe, he had the... European title at WrestleMania 18. I mean, you know. Also, the NWO wasn't a thing in the Fed until it was too late to bring them in. Because, like, DDP yeah, was yeah, yeah. so, was, like, always going up against the NWO. Yeah, I guess that's that's what it was, huh? That's kind of, that's kind of, that's a great point. I mean, he really existed in that time and place when WCW was kind of peaking and he was kind of the, he was kind of the, uh, the protagonist to the to the NWO really. I mean and and he got he got like his his old his most overtime, the dude was like my age. He was like 38. <laughs> so yeah I I'm not I'm knocking on 40 here and like DDP at this time in like 97 98. Yeah he was late to, to the business. He's like about to go up the card. But yeah rhythm and blues uh honka honka burning love Bushwhackers come out to crash the party, and the attendance is announced here as allegedly 67,678 fans. Uh, I've been to the Skydome several times. I haven't been for, like, major sellout games or nothing like that. I would have killed to be at the Batflip game. But, yeah, that's that's a pretty packed house. Another match. Oh, boy. We have two more matches here to go, and we got... Ravishing Rick Rude going up against uh, someone who's also the subject of Dark Side of the Ring, uh, the murderer himself, Jimmy Snuka. Uh, mm-hmm. just, they swept that under the rug. But I was so pissed when they had Rick Rude here because it had his badly dubbed theme from the Hall of Fame, not his real theme. Steve Allen joins commentary on here for some reason and starts vamping. Snuka does the whole you know, sexy taunt, but then Rick Rude just says, no, Sadia, Rude Awakening, Neckbreaker, boom, pack a lunch, it's over. Mm-hmm. You have anything to add on that match, Trav? Um, so there's a lot of matches on this card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot. 
And um, yeah, I love Rick Rude. Um, Snuka, I think for me, when I came to appreciate wrestling, like I would, I would kind of put it, put my fandom pretty squarely between kind of 88 and 98. You know, Snuka kind of had already had his heyday by that time. So Snuka always kind of felt like um, an addition to a, to a, you know, to a card, um, you know, you know, in those years, you know, whether it was the, you know, the early nineties up until, didn't he make an appearance at some point in the late nineties, a couple of times, I think maybe Survivor Series 96, he might've showed up. He did. He he made like yeah. several sporadic appearances. He did. Oh, cause that was, cause that was Madison Square Garden, which makes sense. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. he just wasn't, you know, I, that, that really wasn't my, he wasn't one of my guys or whatever you want to say uh, growing up. So I don't have the softest spot for Snuka and that's without factoring in the fact that uh, maybe he murdered somebody. Yeah. Um, uh, dark side of the ring. It's ugly, but yeah, we're, we're take your, I'll take your word for it, but rude. I love, and the match, like, you know, like a lot of matches on this card was what it was. I'm pissed that he didn't cut like a, a, a promo here. Like what I'd like to have now for all you fat out of shape. Like I would have, I would have loved to have seen one of those. Yes. Just like, a four one six sweat hogs or like yeah, especially in Canada, especially in Canada, rip them up, root. Come on, yeah, we can we can take it. Like we can yeah, dish it eight. out as good as we can take it. We're, we, oh, bro, come on, come on. We went to Brock, man. We can take, <laughs> we can take it, <laughs> dude. I, I I I that that I mean I could watch those all day, uh, Rick doing those um, doing those promos. You fat Atlantic City sweat hogs and so forth. I love it. So good. We're at the main event now, dude. We're we're here. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Warrior, Intercontinental Champion versus WWF Champion Hulk Hogan, and this is a feud or something that uh, was born out of respect, tension, and mind games from World Rumble nineteen ninety onwards. And a Warrior is the only guy here who doesn't use the cart to get to the ring. Well, him and Hogan actually neither of them do. They say no. Yeah, neither of them do. We're not. We're not going to go down the parade float here. We're going to come to the ring. Warrior just bolting full, mm-hmm. full tilt to the ring here, doing this his classic whole shake up here, getting a massive mm-hmm. pop. Hulk Hogan also getting a massive pop here, and much like the main event of WrestleMania 38, this is title versus title in the main event, <laughs> full circle moment here. Roman Reigns now, but 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 apparently James. It wasn't really title for title. Are you aware of this? Yes. Like if Hogan like, won, like, he wouldn't they, have been the Intercontinental. That was their thinking apparently at the time. Yes. Although when I watched it as a kid, I definitely thought, you know, whoever wins this gets both belts. But anyway, apparently that wasn't how uh, Vince was booking it. No. Well, we had the Intercontinental t- title here was held up after this and Mr. Perfect won it. So it, it it was what it was here, but you had a whole lot of mixed reactions for Hulk Hogan here. It was starting to get, the fans were starting to tilt just a little bit off of him, but it wouldn't be until like 92 when they were mm-hmm. like, okay, we've had enough of you. We he might, went, we might even boo you now. Yeah. Yeah. We might even boo you now. And then he'd go on yeah. to be the best heel in the history of wrestling following the, the NWO. And you think yeah. he was the best heel in the history of wrestling? No, 
God, no. <laughs> but you just one, said that. Oh, one of shoot. I, I always up, forget. Little, I always forget things, Trav. So <laughs> to add little things here, but one of the most important heel turns in wrestling. Like, I can oh, think. definitely, maybe the most, and I, and I would agree with one of one of the best heels. I mean, and that says a lot, considering he's probably the one of the uh, maybe the biggest baby face of all time. I mean, yeah, he was a great heel too. So anyway, just uh, Mr. McMahon though, is going to be near the top of that list too. So uh huh. Yeah, I would agree. We'd go up there. So we have. Two guys who can kind of, kind of work in the ring, going up against each other. Because <laughs> both of these dudes yeah. usually have like seven minute at most matches where Warrior, you know, he'll get the the heel finisher, he'll get the perfect plex, he'll break out of it, shake the ropes, flying tackle, press slam, splash, it's over. Hogan, same way, take the finish, mm-hmm. take the you know, shake his head, you one two three punch, boot leg. They're they're both formularic workers. So when you get two of the most formularic, I don't know if I said the word correctly, uh, workers in the history of the game, yeah, it gets a little awkward. So you have some some power spots here. You know that the power is in the hands. Mm-hmm. They're warriors, so they have a test of strength. They have a face off. The crowd is really fifty fifty, but more like seventy five twenty five for the warrior here. You have. This match, it, it's kind of plotting because you have spot for spot, test of strength, facing mm. off against each other. Uh, Hulk Hogan goes down. You get the sleeper. Warrior, Warrior's up. Bear hug, Hulk. Hulk's up. Then eventually we get to the finish here. Flying tackle is reversed. The ref goes down. Warrior has a suplex. The eternal ref count and no. Hulk Hogan then, he hulks up. He goes for a roll up, but no. Warrior, press down, splash, kick out. Hulk up, one, two, three, boot, leg drop, misses, splash, and new champion, Ultimate Warrior. Just mm-hmm. all that was in, like, what, 25, 20, 28 minutes? Hard to believe they went that long. Um, you know, as far as Warrior matches goes, um, as far as Warrior matches go, excuse me, um, it's probably one of the better ones, you know. Um, and it's and it's also probably worth mentioning that spot where they're doing the test of strength and they're one of them's down on their knees or, or whatever. That's, that's like a fucking meme now on Instagram. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the one where the, the one where they're doing that test of strength, one of them, I think it's maybe a warrior down on his knees, but uh, yeah, it's pretty funny to look back on too, but uh Yeah. I mean, it's it's Hogan and Warrior doing their shtick. I mean, if you want to talk about asses and seats, you're looking at it. You want to talk about not a great fucking match, ultimately, you're looking at it, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah it Warrior's was more, time. More of a spectacle than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I, I mean, <laughs> when I was a kid, I loved it. But uh, looking back at it now, it, the, the uh, yeah, it's, it's what it is. Um, it's war, definitely a big, a big uh, transition. They're going with Warrior here, for good or for ill, and um, um, how that all plays out, we all know now. But, um, but yeah, it's Warrior's big night. Yep, and uh, this this was around also the same time that Hulk Hogan was starting to get some calls from Hollywood. You would have had like Suburban Commando, Mister Nanny, and all these. <laughs> 
just 90s ass. This was hot off the heels of No Holds Barred. Like, woof. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like some good 80s cheese. Watch, uh, you know, that the dookie kind of line. Uh, fan- <clears throat> fantastic here. But that that wraps up WrestleMania 6. And that uh, that wraps up this show, Travis. Uh, I know you don't have that much of a social media presence, do you? Like, do you have somewhere where people can follow you or people can listen to your music or? Oh, gosh. You? I mean, I'm, I'm on a couple things just for, for my songwriting stuff, just to let people know what I'm up to. But it's not important for here. I mean, I'm on Instagram and, and stuff like that. But that's, you know, that's the extent of it, really. All right. That sounds good, man. Uh, thanks very much for, for joining the show. <laughs> it was it was great to to reconnect with you i think it's been like what 20 odd years since i've since i've even <laughs> yeah. seen you probably yeah. playing play the the brock high year-end assembly or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'll tell you what and it was it was nice to have someone to just uh sit and, and talk about some good old wrestling with so thanks for for having me on and i'm, I'm glad you have this podcast it's, it's good shit man yeah cheers dude thanks very much and uh maybe we can get some old school shit down the line we'll We'll keep in touch. I love it. All right. And...